Will you turn with me? We have a verse and a reading. So let's turn to our verse first. It's in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, please. Peter warns us. This warning can go to those who are saved and unsaved, those who are Christians and non-Christians alike. can go to those Christians who are carried away with various things, with divers' lusts and carried away with uh, teaching of the world today that there's no salvation needed and Christ is not God and there's no virgin birth and the modernist of the church today and an ungodly lifestyle can be lived and so on. And it's all the, the ploy of this lion. Peter says in First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil... As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Let's just read it again. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Let's turn again also, or turn to, please, Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. John, the apostle John, is on the isle which is called Patmos, the prison isle, placed there by Domitian, the, uh, the Roman prince, if you want. Verse 1 says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. You know the Lord will bless the reading of his word. Bless us by a word of prayer for a moment, please. Thank you. Father, you are so faithful. Your spirit has moved in this house today in great measure and in wonderful ways. We thank you, Lord, that you have spoken into your church. And you have spoken, Lord, and give us a proclamation of your glory, but also a warning of the coming and pending judgment for the Christ rejecter. 
Father, we pray that you would revive your church, those whom you have called out from among men. And Lord, that you would resurrect, as it were, from the dead, those who are dead in their sins and in their trespasses in our neighborhoods and in our nation. Father, we pray that you would turn us back again to the God of our fathers, to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, in saying that and praying that, we ask you now, Lord, would you settle every heart? Would you settle us in this room, in this place? Would you settle us in our seats? And Lord, take away every distraction and take away every opposing thought. We pray, Lord, that you would wing your word to everyone for your glory and for your honor. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Two lions are spoken of in our two verses of our reading. Not only in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 does Peter warn us to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I'd like to draw your attention to Revelation chapter 5 and particularly verse 5 where it says, And one of the elders saith unto me, that is unto John, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Two lions that are spoken of throughout the scripture. Now there are there are, figuratively speaking, we talk of lions, and of course, literally speaking, the Bible speaks of lions. Literal lions and figuratively speaking. For example, in Daniel chapter 6, we have Daniel in the lion's den. Literal lions were in that den when we know the little course we teach the children, God shut up the lion's mouth so they could not harm him. And in Second Samuel chapter 23, and verse 20 in particular, we're told of a man called Benaiah, was one of David's mighty men. We're told he slew two lion-like men. Figuratively speaking, they were warriors. These men were, uh, were strong. These men were, were, were gruff-looking. So these men were like, like men who were lions or lion-like men, figuratively. And he went down also, we're told, and slew a lion, literal lion, and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. So we see it can be figurative or it can be literal. Now the two lands that we have read about this evening from God's word, these two lands, although they're very real indeed, they are not real lands at all. They're figuratively speaking of lands. The land which Peter warns us of and speaks of as a devouring lion, while the lion which John speaks of is a prevailing lion. The word prevailing here simply means completely triumphant. Completely triumphant. So when the elder in Revelation 5 and verse 5 says, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. He's saying the lion of the tribe of Judah, of the root of David, hath completely triumphed. He is a complete triumph, this lion, 
the Lion of Judah. Peter's Lion is a roaring lion. We'll call it Peter's Lion and John's, although Peter might not like me calling it his lion. Peter's Lion, which he warns us about, is a roaring lion. And he roars to cause fear. I want you to get that, Christian. He roars to cause fear. And he causes fear to come into your mind. And fear paralyzes your faith. Christian, listen. Fear paralyzes your faith in Christ. And the lion will come and he will roar at you. And he'll roar so loudly you'll hear nothing else but the roar of the lion. Peter's lion, that is the one Peter tells us about and warns us of. So when he comes, he roars to cause fear and to cause anguish to the heart of every Christian. But you need to get to realize whom is the greater of these two lions. Our title tonight is The Tale of Two Lions. The Tale, T-A-L-E, not T-A-I-L. The Tale is a plain words of two lions. And when you go and you see a boxing match, there's the tail of the tape tells the height of the boxer and the weight of the boxer and the age of the boxer, the fights and the record of the fights and how many he's lost, how many he won, how many he drew, and so on. Tells you of titles that he had. Tells you everything about him. So we're going to look at these two lions. This lion, which Peter tells us about, he is a roaring lion to make you fear. And if the devil can get you to be afraid, he will paralyze your faith. And he'll tell you all manner of things. He'll tell you whenever you're not well, that that's a bad illness and you're going to die. He'll speak to you and he'll roar at you when you're on your own and when you're at your weakest and when you're feeling very down in yourself. He'll roar and all you hear is the fear of a roaring lion. Just not so long ago, Alison and I and the girls were in a, um, a zoo and the lion was getting fed and he knew his feeding time was coming And you could hear the bellows, I mean the deep bellows from the lion's belly, roaring over the very zoo. And he's roaring and he's roaring and he's roaring. And everyone was turning around saying, there goes the lion. So whenever the lion roars, you'll hear nothing but the lion's roar. But which lion are you listening to? Which roar is loudest in your life? We'll look at it again tonight. This lion wants you to be full of anguish and fear. Peter says, watch him. Brother, sister, Peter says, watch him. Watch out for him. Watch him. Be sober. Be vigilant. In other words, be on your guard. Be at the ready. Walk circumspectly. Always on the lookout for this lion. Listen and know the voice of your Lord and know his voice over the voice of other men and know his voice over the voice of the devil. Listen to the word of God and let it sink deep into your heart that when it sinks deep into your heart, no matter how loud that lion may roar, you will always hear the voice of God in the midst of it all. Hear this roaring lion wants you to be afraid and he wants you to be full of anguish. John's lion as a lion of silent strength. John's lion is a lion of silent strength, bringing peace and bringing comfort. Listen carefully to the elder when John is caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day on the Isle of Patmos. And he sees it 
and he says, and I wept. The idea here is the same when Peter denied the Lord. He went out and wept bitterly. It means he wept and 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 he wept wept as though he would never stop weeping. And John is now saying, is this it? Is this heaven? Is this God's kingdom? And there's defeat because after all of it, we're seeing this book with the seals and none are worthy. Listen, there was no man in heaven was worthy. There was no man on earth was worthy. There was no great angel. A strong angel was there and he wasn't worthy. He wasn't able. And so there's weeping from John. But the elder comes to him and says, weep not. Behold. In other words, he's saying, don't cry, John. Keep your eyes on the one in the center. Keep the eyes on the one who's the pivot of all things. Keep your eyes on the one on the throne. He says, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, of the root of David, hath prevailed. He hath completely triumphed over all things. And that's whom we must hear. And that's whom you must keep your eyes upon. Here we see the elder in the very presence of Christ saying to John, look at him. Look at him. Brother, sister, whatever you're told, whatever you hear, whatever the roar, whatever the fear, look at him. Look at him. He is completely triumphant. He's completely triumphant. And all things are under his feet and at his command. I notice this. Peter's line is one of craftiness and subtlety. Peter tells us he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He walketh about seeking whom he may devour. In other words, crouching position to do his damage. Crouching down, as it were, like a lion in the long grass to do his damage. To attack the weak, to attack the vulnerable, to attack those who are straying and the ungrounded. And that's what happens if a Christian is ungrounded. That's what happens when a person is weak. That's what happens when a person is vulnerable. The old devil, this old lion comes and he crawls along, as it were, the long grass of your situation that's blinding you. And you don't see him and all of a sudden he's on top of you and he's devouring you. Peter says, be sober, watch out, be vigilant, keep your eyes open, always keeping yourself ready. I notice this. Peter's lion is one of craftiness and subtlety. He walketh about seeking whom he may devour. John's lion is one of truth and of openness, of truth and openness. In Revelation chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, And behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb that had been slain. Notice, stood a lamb that had been slain. Know what that means? Resurrection. Standing up, but it was slain. It had the marks. It had the scars. It was dead, but now it's alive. That's what he's seen. Who did he see? He's seen the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And here he's told 
Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, of the root of David, hath prevailed. He is completely triumphant. And when John, full of excitement, expects to see a great champion, he turns around and he sees a little lamb. Thought there was a lion. Thought it was a lion. Brothers and sisters, Christ is open. Christ is open and honest. He's in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and he's in the midst of the elders. Listen to what John chapter 3 says, and the Lord Jesus says it to Nicodemus, who comes to him not in the open, but at night. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in that the world through him might be saved. Listen, and this is the condemnation. This is the condemnation. That light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Wow. Hearts are being revealed before God. And men hide and skulk like the old lion in the long grass. Hiding because they do not want Christ to see their heart. I have something to tell you. Christ knows every heart. He knows every thought. He knows every motive. He knows every mind. He knows everything. He is open and he is honest. Peter's lion is a devouring, destructive lion. John's lion is a prevailing and a prominent lion. Peter's lion is described as the devil. John's lion is described as a lamb. And when we see Peter's lion and we realize his nature and his motive toward us, he is the devil. He's a lion, but he's the devil. The word devil here is the word diabolos. Diabolos, that means he's an accuser to point you out. He wants to make sure you go to a devil's hell like he's going. He wants to make sure that you are pronounced guilty as charged because he is. He wants to stand and accuse you before the Father. And friend, if you're not in Christ, he has every right to. But if you're in Christ, he has no legal authority over you. He is called Diabolos. He's the accuser and it points out our sin. But when we look at John's land, we see the nature and his motive towards us, we see a lamb, one who took our sins and bear it away for us. So the devouring devil, and we have the loving lamb, we have the life destroyer and the life giver. Now listen, Peter's lion is roaming the earth. Peter's lion is roaming the earth right now. John's lion is seated in heaven. He's exalted. Peter's lion is seeking to devour. John's lion is seeking to save. Peter's lion is one to watch out for, and John's lion is one to worship. The lion Peter warns us about is Satan. 
And the land John declares to us is the Lord Jesus. Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus in John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief. Talking about the thief, we're talking about Satan. We're talking about the devil. We're talking about Peter's lion. Sorry, Peter, for calling it that, but we'll just call it that for you. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Here one lion comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Destroy your family. To destroy society. To destroy our nation. He comes to steal from you. To steal your joy. To steal your happiness. He comes to steal everything he can. He comes to get and gain for himself. He comes to destroy For I am come, Jesus said, that they might have life. Here's John's lion. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And the words more abundantly means with a better measure or in greater quality. Christ wants more for you. Brother, sister, listen. There's more for you in God and Christ wants more for you. He wants you to draw closer to him and to be near him. He says, look, there's more in me. There's not only eternal life, there's abundant life. There's a life to be had. There's a life to walk in victory. There's a life to walk in authority. We're not here to live a meager lifestyle with our heads hanging down and our knees almost scraping the ground and having knuckles like an orangutan. We're not like that, brothers and sisters. We are here to walk in victory in Christ. I'm just a Christian. This way some of us go. I'm a child of God. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the King. I'm bought with a great and an eternal price. Jesus shed his blood for me. Peter's lion is a thief. He's a tempter, he's a liar, he's a murderer, he's an accuser, he's a deceiver, he's a destroyer, he's a devourer. Yes, he's the devil. John's lion is the life giver. He's the truth, absolute truth. He tells the truth and speaks the truth. He's our sin bearer and he's the prevailer. He is the Lamb of God. Peter's lion is a king of lies. And John's lion is the lion king. The king of lies, but John's lion is the lion king. Peter's lion takes and steals and destroys. John's lion gives and guards. He pours out grace. And these two lands met, and I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. These two lands met, and if it had have went wrong here, you and I would be lost for all eternity. If this match of these lions are fighting to be head of the pride, as it were, and if you and I, or if this had have went wrong, then you and I would not be saved, we would not be forgiven, we would not be going to glory, we would not be in the kingdom of God, you and I would be hell-bound on the broad road to destruction, separated from God forever, heading for the lake of fire. 
if this went wrong. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, please. Let's just scout over this very quickly. Verse 1. Then Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, here's something I want to stop. I'll just stop in a couple of places here. Listen, brothers and sisters, do you see whenever the Spirit of God moves? Do you see when the Spirit of God anoints? Do you see when the Spirit of God comes close to you? Do you see when you're aware of the Spirit and God's Word is starting to ring true in your heart and in your ears? Do you see when you've been in a revival meeting and things are going great and the blessing is there? Do you see when you start praying into the other things of of the spiritual world? Do you see whenever you start reaching out in the Spirit? Do you know what happens, brothers and sisters? The devil attacks. You go into a wilderness period. Do you know why you go into a wilderness period? Because then you'll not get puffed up in your mind. And you will see that ourselves, we can do nothing without him. The Spirit drives him into the wilderness. What for? What did he drive men for? To be tempted of the devil. You're going to be tried once you step out in ministry. You're going to be tried once you step out for Christ. And so many Christians say, oh, the blessing was great, but I don't think I'll do it again. Brothers and sisters, we must walk on with God. We must stand up, stand up for Jesus. We must war on and we must make the finish line. We must. We must. Notice this, and Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And the tempter came to him and said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. Now listen, here's Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights he hadn't ate, and he's out in the wilderness. In fact, in Mark's account, there's only two verses of this in Mark's account. In Mark's account it says, he was alone with the wild beasts. Bear Grylls holds nothing in Christ. He was alone with the wild beasts. He hadn't ate. He hadn't drank. His body was emaciated. He was weak in the flesh. And the old devil appears. Do you see when you're at your worst? Do you see when you're at your weakest? Do you see when you feel you can't? Do you see whenever you're sick? That's when the devil loves to come. And he starts to put the doubts in your mind. Mentally, he attacks our Lord. Mentally, he attacks him. Notice what happens here. If thou be the Son of God, are you sure you're his son? If you're the Son of God, then see these stones? See how hungry you are? Turn them to bread and eat it. Boy, I can hardly resist a biscuit with my tea. That's the truth. 40 days and 40 nights. And he's weak. Human being, he can hardly probably lift himself off the ground. He's alone with the beasts. Maybe the beasts were thinking they're in. They'll hang around for something to eat when he passes. They don't know. And this devil comes, this lion. He comes and he's crouching down. He says, make that. Stone in the bread and eat it. Sure, don't you want it? 
Don't you need it? Many times has he done that with you? You don't need to go on with God. Look, you don't need to go and pray. You don't need to sing God's praises. You don't need to go and worship. You don't even need to go to church. You don't need to gather together. You can do this yourself. Sure, you know what to do. God understands it. Why don't you go out and do something else? Or why don't you go and, and, and sin here or do this or do that? And we always seem to fall at some hurdle. And we turn the stone to bread. We turn the stone to bread. Notice this. Mentally, if I be the Son of God. Verse 4, but he answered and said, it is written. See, it doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter the impossibility. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter. It's what is written. It's what's written. It's what's written. Christian, you're going to come under, and I'm not trying to discourage you, I'm just trying to warn you. The old devil's working through governments. The old devil's working through organizations. And the old devil's going to say, turn the stone to bread, but you have to say, it is written. I can't. Marry two men and two women. I can't. God will understand. Turn the stone to bread. I can't. Why can you not? Because it is written. And God's word is forever settled in heaven. I can't. You know what, sure? God will understand if you take this or do that. God will understand if you don't believe his word. God will understand if you don't believe in the deity of his son. God will understand if you think he didn't walk in water. God will understand these are just a book of guidelines. This is the living word of the living God. And we cannot change it for any man. For no one. Jesus said, it is written. You're hungry, you're emaciated, you're thirsty. Do you know people have died? Some of you medical profession, you know better than me. People have died with, with, with lesser time than this. They've died. Whether it's food or especially water, they've died. But here's Christ in the cold of the night. You can even see him pulling the coral up over his head. And in the very cold of the night, nothing to eat. And he's tired. And he's weary. And he's worn. And the old lion comes and roars against him. Roars right at him. He mentally attacks him. Oh, the mind's the battlefield. Do you know that? It's the battlefield where wars are won and wars are lost. But this is what we say. Devil, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy, the holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If 
thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is, it is written, he shall give his angels a charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest thou douse thy foot against a stone. Here he comes, he says, listen, the Bible says you can do this. It is written. So he's trying to now take the scripture to mean something that it doesn't say. The old lion roaring out. It is written, did it not say, that he'll bear you up, he'll send his angels, and you'll not dice your foot against the stone? Cast yourself down. If you're the son of God, let me put doubt in your mind for a minute. If you're the daughter of God, if you're a child of God, if you're saved, if you're this, if you're that, if God's word says that he's with you and he'll neither leave you nor forsake you, he says, if, if, and you start to wonder and you start to query and you start to doubt. The doubts come to our minds. But sure, it says it in the Bible. See, many Christians who would turn around and say, the word of God says this. And they completely turn it around to suit their own ends, to suit their own means, and to be able to suit ecumenism, ecumenical movements, and they suit it to be able, they, they bring it in and they use the word of God. We have to love everybody. Everybody is going to heaven. Let's love everyone. Bible doesn't teach it. God said, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated them. Hello? We cannot change the word of God either, brothers and sisters, because it's good politically correct. You can't change it because it sounds better and there's no offense with it. We can't change it for anybody's money. I'm going to take my jacket off. I'm swallowed. There's no wasp tonight. You're okay. It's just I'm warm. Verse 7, Jesus saith unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. He takes him up and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a flash and an atom of time. He shows them all. And he says, look, you don't need to die on the cross. You don't need to come to shed your blood. You don't need the pain and the shame and the suffering. He says, I'll give you them. I'm the God of this world. Just fall down once. Just bow the knee once and worship me, he says. That's all I'm asking. Just once. Just once. Notice what he says. All these things will I give thee. I have something to tell you, brothers and sisters. Jesus didn't come for things. He came for souls. He's not interested in your things. He came for souls of men and women. The devil knew that those whom God had given to his son, the old devil knew would come to him. Worship me. Notice what Jesus says here. Then Jesus saith unto him, verse 10, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. 
Then the devil leaveth him. Behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Do you notice that? The devil left him. And the angels ministered unto him. Brothers and sisters, let's look. Time's marching on. Let's look at these lions. They met again, not only in the wilderness, but the lion came and spoke through Simon Peter, the one who warns us of the lion. Luke 22 and verse 31. The Lord Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Verse 32 of Luke 22. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. The Lord says to Peter, Peter, Satan wants you. Do you know why Satan wanted him? Because he knew Peter was going to do some damage to the kingdom of darkness. Do you know why Satan wants you to destroy you? Because he knows you can do damage to the kingdom of darkness by even kneeling in prayer. That's why. He says, Satan hath desired to have you to me sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, when you've come through this, you'll strengthen your brethren. Listen. Now we can see why Peter warns of the devouring lion. Because within ours, Peter is denying Christ three times. Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And he denied Christ three times within ours. And Peter has come through it. And now he is strengthening the brethren. He's saying, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And if you're not in Christ, you're already in the lion's jaws. It's as simple as that. You're already in the lion's claws. You're already in the lion's clutches. He says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. The prayers of Christ are greater than the ploys of the devil. I have prayed for you. Satan has desired to have you, but I have prayed for you. Listen, brothers and sisters, Satan has desired to have you, but Jesus is our great high priest. He says, I've prayed for you. I can't make it. He says, don't worry about it. I've prayed for you. I've bought you. You're mine. He can't do anything to you. He must ask permission to even come near you. He says, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. The prayers of Christ are greater than the ploys of the devil. The word of God is greater than the wiles of the devil, and the power of the spirit is greater than the demonic spirit, which is the devil. The imputed faith from God upon his people is greater than the insinuating fear from the devil being implied to those he does not own. In other words, the devil will come and he will say, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. I'm going to take you. 
I'm going to kill you. You're not going to God's heaven. You're going to hell with me. And you can turn around and say, devil, take your hands off from me because I can tell you one thing. I'm under new management. I'm bought with the blood of Jesus. He can only roar at you and insinuate things, but he can do nothing with you or to you. Brothers and sisters, stay with me for a few moments as we close. The old hymn writer said, Jesus is greater than Satan and sin. And Satan to Jesus must buy. Now notice this, John chapter 13 and verse 27. In the same night he speaks to Peter. He's dipping sop, he's dipping the bread and gives it to the to Judas Iscariot, and we're told, and Satan enters Judas. Now listen, if you read that chapter, first of all, Judas is listening to Satan rather than listening to Christ. You read that chapter. And Satan entered Judas. Why Satan? Satan isn't omnipresent. He isn't everywhere. Satan could be over with some wee man in ISIS at the minute. I don't know where he is. But the demonic influences and powers are around this globe. But Satan himself came and entered into Judas Iscariot. Satan himself. The lion. Why Satan himself? Because he knew it was a job he couldn't risk. Christ had destroyed him with the word of God in the wilderness at his very weakest of his flesh. And now he comes again, he says, and I'll destroy the flesh. And he enters into Judas Iscariot. He goes and betrays him. Brothers and sisters, I personally do not believe that when you're saved, you can be possessed. You can be oppressed, but you can't be possessed if you're truly born again of the Spirit. Holy Ghost comes in, the devil goes out. Do you think the Holy Spirit's going to live in a duplex? Do you think it's like one floor up and one floor down each? What is it? The Holy Ghost is holy. And he puts him out. He puts him out. Notice this. Satan entered into him, then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest do quickly. Listen to the Apostle Paul warning the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. He says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Notice, that's not possession. That's Satan working in others to attack. Satan working in situations to, to hinder. That's Satan coming and, and making them feel ill. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Do you know what's wrong with the, the Christian church? I mean the blood-washed church. Do you know what's wrong with it? It's become ignorant. It's ignorant of Satan's devices, but it's also ignorant of the word of God. It is amazing how many people I've spoken to have been on the road for a long while. They're more in the road than on the road, to be honest. But it's amazing how many I've spoken to and they couldn't tell you 
what justification by faith means? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Flick quickly. Second Corinthians chapter 12, please. Is everybody warm in here? Or is it only me? The sweat is running out of me here. Second Corinthians 12, and just a few verses of this. Verse 7. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given me a, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The abiding power of Christ on the Christian believer is greater than the buffeting blows of Satan, brothers and sisters. The anointed presence of Christ is greater than the thorn in the flesh of Satan. The revelation of Jesus is more worth and greater than the blind religion of the devil. Listen to Puritan Edward Reynolds. Satan has three titles given in the Scriptures, setting forth his malignity against the church of God. A dragon, to note his malice. A serpent, to note his subtlety. And a lion, to note his strength. Brothers and sisters, Satan as a lion roars from the earth. Christ as a lion rules and reigns from heaven. Christ's sitting silent presence is louder than Satan's roaming, roaring voice. And this is definitely going to be our last few scriptures. Turn to the book of Revelation. We have two little chapters to quickly look at. Revelation, please, chapter 10. I'll bring more out on this because this is prophetic. I don't want to dwell on it too long. Revelation 10. Verse 1, John says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face were as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Here, John sees this angel who roars with a little book in his hand, one foot on the sea and one foot on the earth, one hand is pointing to heaven and he roars like a lion. See, prophetically, do you know what this is? This is when Peter's land, the land that Peter warned us about, brought us into the dark ages, the dark ages of Romanism. When there was no Bible, when there's no printed Bible, when it was only written in Latin and it was chained to a pulpit, and it was in the darkest of, of religions, and it was in the darkest of places, and the average man or woman couldn't read it. And suddenly here, John has seen a prophetic utterance of Christ standing, and he roars like a lion. And this roar is heard throughout the earth. And in 1517, the 31st of October, uh, Martin Luther goes to the Wittenberg Cathedral, and he takes his 95 theses against the Catholic Church, and he kneels them to the door of the church, and he cries, the just shall live by faith. Not by the works of man. Not by the religion of man. But by faith. 
the lion had roared, the little book was the open Bible that would be printed. Germany and then Holland. The little Bible, little book was the Bible that would go across the globe. The roar of the lion of Judah, for he had completely triumphed in the redemption of men. And that old devil that Peter warns us about wants to bring us back in again. So here's his end. Revelation 20. Revelation 20. I'll teach us about that, will I, sometime? And I'll go through it in detail. Revelation 20. And let your eye run down in verse 7. And when a thousand years, this is after Christ's coming, Satan is bound, that old lion is in his prison. And the lion of the tribe of Judah is sitting on the throne. He's come again. And he's bound the Satan, the lion, for a thousand years. Notice it says, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed from his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations. He just can't help himself. Goes out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Notice the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. Who's the beast? I've told you it many times. Communism, humanism, atheism. Who's the false prophet? Muhammad and Islam. They're cast into the lake of fire. Notice, and it shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 11, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Here's the great white throne judgment for all the unsaved. Here's the two lions. One is seated upon a throne. The other one is in a lake of fire and brimstone. I don't know everyone tonight but here's the thing. Even if it's they're listening to this online or wherever. Which land are you under? Which land will you be with? The one upon the throne? Or will you be with the one in the lake of fire and brimstone? Christ died for our sins. And he died for yours. We trust that you'll give your life to him if you haven't already done so. God bless his word.